Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Well, hi, y'all. This is So I Married That There Movie Geek. I'm Chrissy McQueen. I'm getting into my accent mode with Justin Winters because we're getting ready to go to North Carolina next week. Y'all, Justin... Are you okay with this? Because you're very quiet. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Great. <laughs> What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. You don't like my southern accent? No, I think it's delightful. Oh, you are lying through your teeth. Bless your heart. <laughs> oh. oh ble- ble- bless her heart. If only you all know what that really meant, then you would feel sorry for me right now. No. Okay. Um, no, I'm excited. I'm ready to get my southern accent back. You do get it back whenever we go back to the south or you're on the phone for a significant period of time with either one of your parents, but particularly your mom. You really start getting it back. Well, I mean, once you're in it, you're surrounded by it, so it's kind of... Hard not to pick it up really quick. I suppose, yet, the same could be said of you being surrounded by Californians, and yet you don't sound like a Californian. I don't think Californians have a specific accent. It's, I mean, California, especially L.A., is a melting pot of many different types of people and many types of ethnicities, nationalities. So would you say that we on the West Coast are just the complete lack of accent? Um, I mean, you you can go with like the Southern Valley girl. You see that you see some of those, but how does a Southern Valley girl sound? Southern Valley girl. Yeah, I'm not a Southern Valley girl. A Valley a Valley girl. <laughs> like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> Becky, look at her butt. <laughs> it's like it's gonna be our so uh, our future daughter. Oh, no. A Southern Valley girl. I don't know. I think she sounds a little special needs. Was that special needs? A little bit. Oh, God. (laughs) It does sound kind of weird. See? (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, but yeah, so... This immaturity is sponsored by Young (laughs) Adults. So, yeah, we're getting ready for that, and I'm getting... um, Mended from a major sickness. Well, I had I had what you call um, a cold. Can't get off the couch, itis. You did kind of have can't get off the couch, itis. Oh man, I don't know if it was the flu or like a really serious cold, but I was sick. I'm gonna guess that it was probably a severe cold because if you had fever, it was brief. And with with flu, it's really more about fever for a long period. It's like four days, man. You didn't have fever for four days. Well, I had fever for like two days. I thought just Friday. No, Friday and Saturday, I was just down for the count. Like if I could have ordered a pizza directly to the couch, I would have. <laughs> 
I had to actually walk all the way to the front gate of Magnolia to get it. But why? They can they can buzz themselves in. I had a fever. I wasn't thinking clearly. <laughs> it boiled your brain. You had a fever for more cowbell and pizza. So, but I had like the um, stopped up one nostril and then the faucet other nostril. And it kept oh. like switching back and forth. That's always fun. Do you have post-nasal drip now? Um, I don't know. I'm just dealing with that, trying to get better. Dealing with the last week of work. Getting ready for North Carolina. Well, you seem much better than you did. A little stressed, but other than that, you seem better. Yeah, taking my vitamins. It's important. It's very important taking vitamins, kids. I'm also drowning in um, award screeners. We are. And you know what I found out today? What? little quick water cooler talk at the office. Yeah. I found out that we get much cooler screeners than people in other guilds. In your face, other guilds. Yeah. <laughs> guilds who aren't our guild. You suck. That's what I get for years of producing, you know, semi-quality television. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the PGA, of course, the Producers Guild of America, of which Justin is a happy and uh, well-documented member. Basically, I mean, <laughs> networking's fun, y'all, but it's all about the... Screeners. The, the award screeners and the um, screenings from, from time to time. He pays his yearly dues, basically, so he can go sit in the theater and then get things mailed to him. That's my dream, man. <laughs> See movies ahead of time. I mean... That's true. It's great. But yes, I have found out, just based on that water cooler talk, that we get better screeners overall... Then, dare I say, the WGA and perhaps the screw, DGA. Screw those guys. Screw those guys, too. Yeah. I mean... Like In your I, face, WGA. Like I said, November and December is like Christmas come early. Like, every other day there's a new movie. So. It's amazing, because you really do want to watch all of them that come in, too. And I feel like we watch a great majority of them, but there are still screeners on our bookshelf from 2008 that we never watched. It's hard, y'all. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard work. So, basically what we did the last two nights is we watched two great movies in a row that I think just recently came out in the theaters. Yeah, The Descendants with George Clooney and Young Adult starring Charlize Theron. So, here's my question off the bat. Yes. I feel like on the count of three, we should say at the exact same time which movie we liked better. Oh, I already know mine and yours. I'm surprised. I, okay. Young adult. I said say it on three. I just did. No, you didn't. I said yours and mine at the same time. No, you did not. Ready? Do it again. One, two, One, two three. three. The Descendants. Wow. Yeah. So you like The Descendants better. I preferred it. Which one are we talking about first? Uh, well, since you right out of the gate was like, young adult, I, I guess we should talk about that and why you... Liked it better than The Descendants. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I thought they both of them were very, very good movies. Mm -hmm. um, I just, there were certain things about Young Adult that just jibed with me personally that I just liked it more. Well, personally? Were, were you um, a young adult listening to the cassette in the car over and over again, crashing your car into crap, alcoholic, and you go home and your parents tell them they don't seem to really care, and pining after your high school sweetheart who was a kid? Yeah, obviously it's my autobiography, of course. <laughs> Clearly. I consider myself a young adult as well. I can, That I can see. No. Um, okay, so 
Let me list my things. Um, I love Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. I think she's a mega hottie. Yes. And in this movie, I think she does something very, very difficult. She makes a person that really has no redeeming qualities, but she makes you like her for some reason. It, right? That's really interesting. She's an unlikable, likable person. Like she's a more, she's a bigger monster than she was in the movie Monster in this movie, pretty much. I don't much. know. I think in Monster that she killed people, didn't she? <laughs> I'm just saying, that might be a little worse. She, she kind of kills their souls in this one by putting them down. But anyway, so yeah, so I think she did amazing in this movie. Um, I love the soundtrack. There's a great 90s soundtrack. The title sequence is great with like the whole cassette tape. and Listening to the same song over and over again. Listening to the same song over and over again, which is something Chrissy knows that I do a lot. Like I'll listen yeah. to like just a portion of a song. I'll listen to like the first two minutes and then I'll start <laughs> it over. And <laughs> you do. It's true. I used so, to do that back in the day and not so much anymore. Um, uh, Pat Oswald is pretty much my favorite comedian currently. Um, we're actually sitting our little microphone on his uh, newest book, Zombie Spaceship Wasteland. Have you actually read the book? Yes. It's great. Oh, really? He's an amazing writer. He's really funny. And he's really cool in person. Oh, man. I told him you loved him. You did? Yeah. What did he say? The, not this time. The last time. Oh, I that's right. You did. Yeah. He was really... Look at you. You like, came to attention. You were like, oh, you did? Uh, no, I, yeah, he thought it was great. He's like, really? That's so cool. Well, Tell him a, thanks. I mean, obviously, uh, since I was a little kid, I've... Like, my favorite actors have always been comedians like Bill, Bill Murray... You know, Steve Martin. I thought you were going to say Cosby for a minute. I was like, does he qualify as a comedian? I loved Bill Cosby. I used to watch The Cosby Show every <laughs> Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, uh, I was trying to get Bill Cosby on my show like a month ago. I was like talking to his publicist like, really? Like, I'm such a big fan. <laughs> anyway, oh, so, but, but Patton Oswald <laughs> is um, a hilarious guy. He's a great stand-up. And he just seems like the kind of person that would be just cool to like hang out and have a beer with he is see <sighs> maybe someday our, our paths will cross and we can have a beer together that's pretty much exactly what he did he just want to like hang out have a beer he talks to anybody he's who wants a major to talk to like him. he's an actual major geek like he's yeah. his i mean his book's great he talks about it a lot he's i don't know next he's I kinda, tomorrow we're bet well too bad i have a job and i have jury duty i wouldn't even be there sorry Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm a real big fan, and I think he's, um, uh, I mean, this role's, like, got comedic and dramatic tinges to it, and I think he does great. It's the type of character that you could really easily feel sorry for, based on his circumstance. Bad things have happened to him in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might even call them hate, hate crimes. Yeah. Um, and the, when he really kind of went into detail about how his body is different after being beaten... I did feel a twinge of like, ooh, this is not funny, and I feel badly for him now, and this is kind of sad. He's very endearing in this role. Uh, yes. And he's sympathique. And then he, he immediately went on to something else, and it was like, oh, but now he's back to being Patton Oswalt. He balanced very well, much in the same way that we talked about how Charlize Theron does things that are very unlikable, and yet you like her. Like, there's you could easily feel sorry for Patton, and then yet you don't. You just like him. Um... The, there's one scene in this, in uh, young adult where they're like uh, trudging through a forest 
I don't know if they're going to their old high school, like, to drink. Yeah. There's a lot of drinking in this movie. Yeah. Like She's like, an alcoholic, clearly. And Patton's, Patton Oswalt's character has, like, a, uh, he makes his own whiskey in his garage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, he's got, like, a, what is that thing he's got? Like a, the, it's like a walking stick, but attached to his arm. Anyway, he's trying to like trudge through the forest with this walking <laughs> stick. And it's just hilarious seeing him try to, because obviously it takes a lot longer. Well, yeah. Anyway, pretty much everything he did in this movie, I was like laughing. It's funny though, because you would wonder in certain scenes, like, why does he put up with Charlize Theron? Why does he just like let her come over, ask to drink and wine and, like, he tells her, you're crazy, you should stop talking, <laughs> and yet their friendship works. Why does their friendship work, do you think? I don't know. Is it because they're both screw-ups, in a way? Do you think, do you see him as a screw-up? Or his character as a screw-up? I don't know, well, if we are to term him that, I'm not sure if it's due to his circumstances, you know, what happened to him. Or how he's dealt with it since then. Misunderstood? Same as misunderstood. You could argue that she's misunderstood, too. True. True dat. I know. Um, Young Adult also features um, something you often don't see. It's kind of like the Haley's Comet of fast food joints. The um, Patrick Wilson playing somebody who isn't gay or gifted? (laughs) One of the two. No, um, I'm I'm talking about the Kentucky Hut, which is the Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> Taco Bell Pizza Hut threesome all in one little place. I noticed right away when the camera panned on that through Charlize Theron's eyes, and I, then they, I don't think I've ever seen one of that. You, you see, you doubles. see, you see doubles, but you don't see triples a lot. Yeah, you haven't seen. I haven't seen Trip in a long time, but I love that um, the camera panned back to her, and she just like really imperceptibly shook her head. Did you notice that? Yeah. She just kind of was like, Mm-mm. but later on in the movie, she goes and she like uh, she totally gets into it. Gets, I mean, you go to one of those things and you have to get something from every menu. Well, she's hungover like all the time, and then you, so. and then you quickly <laughs> go to the bathroom. That shouldn't be surprising. Like. Well, her she wakes up in the morning face down, and then she grabs a two liter of diet coke every morning. So yeah, it's like the first thing she does. Then she feeds her dog and forgets about it. And then in this particular scenario, goes to the trifecta of KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell, and stuffs her face. Here's the thing about this movie that I don't, Chrissy, I don't think. Like, you pretty much never left the area where you grew up. So you haven't really been able to experience the going back to the area where you grew up after a long period of time away. Well, yes and no. And you have the the thing of, like, sometimes I go home and I feel like nothing's changed. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I go home and it's like... Everything's changed, but I kind of feel the same. Oh, I completely... Actually, um, I completely understand this because on one hand, distance-wise, you're right. I mean, yes, LA is a metropolis and we have our suburbs and all of that and it's all kind of sprawling. But, you know, with the exception of last year when I did that show, how often am I in Simi Valley? Never. Never. Like, I've been once in like 10 years, twice. So, the, but the point, so the, no. Still, it's, it's, 
I know it's right nearby. A short drive not, away. Right, but if I'm not there, I don't see it every day. And I don't so when I went back last year for my show, I did get a taste of that. I know you're like, oh, it's not the same at all. And I'm not saying it is distance wise, but the feeling was when I went back and I was like, this is really weird. Because some things, like like you said, are exactly the same, and then some things feel totally different. It's like if you ever go back to your um, elementary school, and you walk into the bathroom, and all, like, the urinals are, like, to your ankles. And you're like, what? I don't even remember them being that little when I was little. Oh, Do you ever man. look back, when you when you were, like, in high school, did you look at, like, the junior high kids and be like... I wasn't that small in junior high. Like, they look so little. They look like babies. And then you get out of high school in your college, you look at the high schoolers, and you're like, they look like babies. Well, I just thought I, I was never small at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people in high school were looking at me in junior high and like, what is that man child doing in junior high? <laughs> you sound like you could be on Teen Girl Squad. What is that man child doing here? <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Yeah, this... This, um, this I'm surprised this movie spoke to you as much as it did. I loved it, don't get me wrong, but I think that I'm more in its demographic than you. Oh, I know. That's why I was surprised. Yeah. But I think the way uh, her story and the way that she kind of interweaves ghost writing, this last young adult novel, right, um, is, is pretty great. And, is pretty great. And, and I love Diablo Cody. I know she gets a lot of flack for being too, well, like, cool, hip. On the nose. On the nose. Yeah. I think she's a really good writer. I think, she, I mean, this is, I agree with you. this is my favorite thing that she's done. And I, and I love Juno. better than Juno? I love Juno. And I love, I even love Jennifer's body. But this, this is definitely her best. I liked it a lot. I agree. Do you think Charlize will win any awards for it? I would vote for her. Like it says here, please nominate for, for your consideration in all of these things. And then Best Actress, yeah. Everyone. Like I said, I think she'll probably be overlooked because because many people will be like, oh, it's not, that's just too easy a role. But like I said, she makes someone who really has no redeeming qualities throughout the film like at the end she really doesn't learn that much at all no she doesn't I, I, there were... even though the like the last like climax scene at the baby naming party of her you know mm-hmm. high school love is pretty great like it's, you cringe but you're like this is awesome what did you love about it um well, number one, I've never even heard of a baby, a baby naming. naming yeah, you said party. that to me. You're like, what is she going to? I'm like, a baby. Naming I'm like, ceremony. so, so it, I, I, I would be there. Just it'd be awkward just to be one of those people, <laughs> and then to actually have that blow up and you know between the the wife and her, and yeah. then he's got the 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 presents, and he's like, ta da! It's <laughs> like, oh man. Well, that blow up was a long time coming because she was not being especially respectful, shall we say? Earlier on in the movie, with, with the things that she said, she, it's funny because she would say directly, you know, things to him like, this song was playing when I first went down on you, remember? And he'd be like, uh, yeah. And then to her, she would say, like, indirect things, like, I still have all of his, like, boxers and I sleep in them sometimes. Okay, <laughs> here's the question, Chris. So, <laughs> if that was us, we had a newborn, you know, girl... 
And my high school love came back and started doing these exact same things that Charlize Theron's character did. How would you react? First of all, I wouldn't let her take you home. Would you be as nice as the the wife character in this? I'd like to think that you and I are close enough that I could be nice to her face. And then when she walks out the door, I'd be like, you dated that batshit crazy? Like, and then we could talk about like, it. Yeah, I did. Oh my God, she's crazy. Like, I would like to think that that could happen. Nice cutlets. But, yeah. But I would not let her drive you home. Like when I wouldn't be like, I want to party all night. Hey, can your crazy stalker ex take you home? Cool. Thanks. That was a mistake. And I saw that. I was like, what is she thinking? Do you think that uh, Patrick Wilson's character actually told the wife character about the kiss? No. Okay. Because I thought that. Because obviously... They had to have some conversation. Well, I'm sure they did. But she was acting crazy sauce enough that even without the knowledge of the kiss, like, it was pretty obvious what she was trying to do. Got it. Don't you think? Who says to the current wife, I still have all of his boxers and other things and I sleep in them? (laughs) Like, seriously. Oh, man. Come on. Um... The only the only issue I had with the entire movie, I think, was the way I don't want to spoil it. That the whole um, relationship between Shirley Theron, Theron's character and Patton Oswalt's character ended up. Yeah. Because I like both of their characters, but I just didn't think that it would have um, resolved itself in the way it did. That was a good way of not giving anything away and not saying you were unsatisfied. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I was just like, as it kept going, I was like, eh, stretch. <laughs> you know? Okay. Although, I, like, as the movie ended, and this was a short movie, it was only like, you know, an hour and a half, um, which I think most of Jason Reitman's movies, like, he did Up in the Air and Thank You for Smoking, which mm-hmm. I like both of them, but... Again, I like this one a lot. Um, I want to see more of these characters. Like, I want to see yeah. what happens afterwards with the... Uh... Well, maybe they could have a sequel. She goes after her college ex-boyfriend. Same thing, different day. Or uh, Patrick Wilson has another baby. She comes back. and She just hasn't learned anything. Let's She's talk like... about how the whole thing begins. Who sends a birth announcement to everybody in their, like, old AOL <laughs> address book? <laughs> Seriously, though. I understand putting it on Facebook or something, but, like, who sends an email to everybody you knew 20 years ago? Oh, I don't know, but I love that she pulled the spit in the um, printer. <laughs> to get print. The inkjet thing, and it does, like, the... Looks like something you would print out from <laughs> AOL back in the 90s. Yeah, it totally did. It was awesome. So, anyway... Her book series, by the way, reminded me very much of reading Sweet Valley Twins growing up because on the cover they all say Francine Pascal, who's the creator. She did not actually write any of the books. If you look on the inside little flap, written small, it's like by Lori Pascal Wenk. She's the one who actually wrote all the stories, even though Francine's name is on the cover because she's the creator. I mean, are young adult novels, are they still, I mean... They're all about vampires now. I'm like, are they still big or, or like, are they going the way of the dinosaur? No, they're... Are they going to be, be uh, the, the young 
girls can be reading on iPads, the young adult novels? They're big if they talk about, like I said, either vampires or they have an underlying gossip girl sort of clicky vibe twist. Did they reboot Sweet Valley High? Is that still around? Um, they didn't reboot Sweet Valley High. They started, they they rebooted, um, the series as Sweet Valley Confidential post high school. And it was, it's meant to cater to people my age who read the books when they were younger. A couple years ago, I thought I heard some people were trying to do a feature of Sweet Valley High. I'm surprised they haven't done that. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. No? You know what really pissed me off about that? What? Tell me. very brief aside, (laughs) back in the day, every single uh, Sweet Valley High book that you picked up, at some point in the first few chapters, they kind of give you a big, big backstory on what uh, Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield, the twins, were all about. They'd be like, from their long, flowing California blonde hair to their sparkling blue eyes and their perfect size six bodies. That was always, that was like the universal description that they said at least once in every single book. They've re-gone back and, like, re-edited those books to make them for a modern audience. Like, instead of putting a note in Enid's locker, it's she gets a text message. And they redid the description, and now they're size four. I'm like, they made them skinnier? Those bastards. I just thought that wasn't cool. Like, and I'm all about the whole skinny... I'm on the skinny train. I just thought that was really uncool for today's 12-year-old reading it. Totally uncool. Totally uncalled for. This must stop now. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite what lines in the young adult is when she's talking, she's writing in her book and she's like, uh, what did she say? She said that Kendall, Kendall was so beautiful that she was voted <laughs> homecoming queen of a neighboring high school. You were laughing so hard. And then they were like, and she didn't know what to do to, to get with, what was his name? Al Sharpton. Yes. Al Sharpton. <laughs> <laughs> the paramour of the Sweet Waverly High books, Al Sharpton. <laughs> and she was like, the only thing getting in the way for Kendall was her own perfection. Remember that one? It was like, that was like her biggest hang up that she was perfect. Wow. Oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. I wonder if she ended up with Al Sharpton. He needs to find love. <laughs> He's got his own uh, show on MSNBC. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah, he should have Kindle on and they should talk about their love. <laughs> so what would you give young adult? Uh, B plus. Probably give that a B plus too. Oh, okay. So if you're giving that a B plus, um, you... It's, it's really close. Okay. I thought, like I said, I thought these were both great movies. You know I was going to get on the... Just you're the pers- giving a, the Descendants less than a B-plus train? Well, no. If, like, here they are. Yes. If I, if I was like, which one would I want to watch again right now first? It would be this one, Young Adult. That doesn't mean I don't like the Descendants. That is true for me, too, simply because I was really tired when we watched Young Adult. <laughs> you tired while you're watching a movie? I know, right? What? It Maybe only, you should just give it, me speed. It was only 90 minutes long. I know. <laughs> Jeez, could it get any shorter? We're going to have to be watching, we'll start watching short films now. <laughs> It'll be a short film podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about a couple of YouTube videos we watched. <laughs> we talked for an hour about two two-minute long videos. I could do that. Anyway, um, so yeah, The Descendants, also very, very good. From one of um, 
my favorite current directors, Alexander Payne. What else has he done? He did um, Sideways, which I love Sideways. I know you do. Oh, my God. Didn't... Guys, if... Seriously, if there's any ever a DVD to either buy or rent just to watch one time, it's the Sideways DVD, as long as it has the commentary. Because the commentary from... Um, Paul Giamatti? Paul Giamatti and Thomasian Church is hilarious. It's oh, like really? It's funnier than the movie. <laughs> like, I wanted to be in the room, like, talking to them about the movie because they're hilarious together. They okay. Sh- they should be in more movies together. Well, Any- if we have it, we should watch it. Because I've never... Oh, commentary. It's amazing. I love that movie. I, I do. I, I think it's a great movie as well. I don't love it like you do, but I think it's a great oh, movie. I love it. Anyway, Alex, he did Sideways. Did he do Man he, in the Iron Mask? He did Election with uh, Reese Witherspoon, which I also love. I love that movie. It's so subversive and great. Yes. So, yeah. And then uh, now The Descendants, George Clooney um, filmed in um, Hawaii. With the notable exception of the men who stare at goats, I don't think Clooney can really do wrong. Um, I agree. So, it, immediately when this movie came out, it was like, oh, this is going to be a good movie because George Clooney is in it. But I don't... I this is, but this is not an obvious George Clooney role, though. No, it's not. And yet, having watched him in it, I'm not sure I can imagine anyone else in the role. I agree, yeah. Like, can you imagine Jerry O'Connell doing this role? Oh, I love Jerry O'Connell. I don't... And your besties now with him. How, I, I, how dare you denigrate him I'm not way? denigrating him, but, like, can't you see him in the scenes with Bo Bridges and all you'd be thinking about was Kush Lash? <laughs> like, seriously. Bo, Bo Bridges' uh, hairpiece in this movie is amazing. It is amazing, I agree. <laughs> but you have to admit, I did br- bring up the Kush Lash in the opportune point in this movie <laughs> you totally did but i it's funny because i didn't know i couldn't remember his name the actor's name at first i saw him and i was like <gasps> jerry mcguire guy guy who's word as strong as oak word as strong as oak <laughs> you were like Bo bridges exactly that's why i identify people by the way by like the thing that they're remembered for Bo bridges plays one of george clooney's characters seemingly 60 cousins within the film i've never seen anybody with so many freaking cousins <laughs> And, but, okay, did you buy him as being Hawaiian? Who? Clooney. Clooney? Yeah. Well, I mean, his great ancestor, one was Hawaiian and one was obviously Lily White, so. Right, but then if all the other family members, you know, the descendants, all were living on Hawaii, did they all just continue marrying white people? Like, not one of them went and got, like, a real Hawaiian person after that? How dare they? It just doesn't seem right. You've been to Hawaii. Look at them. The old, like, the white people are the tourists. Everyone else is like, they got some soul. They got some flavor. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it depends on the island, man. Does it really, though? I mean, I've only been to one of the islands, but... Although, after watching The Descendants, I instantly want to go back. Yeah. I do too. And I and I'm also simultaneously very angered by the fact that my my ancestors don't own a large large plot of land on, on any of the islands. You know, no, yeah, pick one, virgin Hawaiian land. Pick one, whatever. I don't think these kids in this movie were were excited enough about their right. And the younger kids like, I want to camp. 
I didn't even get to go camping here on my virgin land. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you're gonna have the pick of the lots on this virgin land when it's developed into this commercial property or whatever. It was all kind of crazy sauce. Um, yeah, I was just entirely jealous. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. A very good place to start. Okay. Um, right away when they show this blonde woman on a speedboat, you know, doing some water skiing, I assume. Yes. I was like, something bad is about to happen. And it does. <laughs> Speedboating all, always leads to something no, terrible. No, she looked too happy. <laughs> she did. So when you're speedboating, you should be very sullen. <laughs> Perhaps. Okay. But, like, I really, I, I swear to God on my life, I knew. Like, the second she was smiling, like, carefree, ear to ear, I'm like, something bad's gonna happen. Well, you didn't know what this movie was about? No. Okay. I knew nothing. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so when well, she that was not that okay. Was, that was the actress's, you know, crowning acting moment within the movie. Because the rest <laughs> of it, she pretty much has to take her family to this movie and be like, all right, oh, yeah. see the scene right here? See what I'm doing there? Not much. <laughs> Looking really, really bad. Like, you don't see her name as for your consideration at How all. How dare they? That is so not even cool. Sometimes being the body is the hardest thing. I've played the body. It's hard. What does that mean? In shows, uh-huh. when, like, it's, like, a farce or a murder mystery or whatever, and, like, somebody dies and you have to, like, play dead. A farce? Yeah. Like, I did the real Inspector Hound. And Were you the, the, the hound? No, I was not the hound. I was the lady of the house. But, um... You were a prostitute? No, like, the actual lady of the house. Like, it was my house, and I was the rich one. Oh. Okay. But anyway, Kim was my maid. It was great. Great for her. We, we kept trying to make each other laugh. Um, anyway... It's a, hard being in a coma. No, but there's a body under, under the rug the entire play that nobody seems to notice. And our friend Heather had to lay there for two hours under the rug the entire play. Now, can't spring for a friggin' mannequin? No, because at the end, like, she's discovered. <laughs> and like, Well, you can spring for a mannequin until the last scene and then actually have a person there. No, Heather played the body the entire play, seven shows or something like what that. What a thankless role. She got in the paper for it. When the paper came to cover our play, they focused on her because she laid under the rug the whole time. They thought it was amazing. Anyway, I thought this actress did a damn fine job of looking, you know. Looking really, really craptastic and on death's door. Exactly. That's true. And they didn't wash her hair and do her nails or anything, which was smart. Because usually people in hospital beds look like, oh, I've been hurt. But, you know, they're okay. I don't know, man. Watching, Watching all those parts and... Me, personally, having to deal in my past with people in medical comas, it's just not a fun place to be. (laughs) That's probably pretty true. I've never seen anybody in a medical coma, so I can't vouch. No. But I imagine it's pretty sad like that with the unkempt hair and the lips and the whole thing. Usually worse. Worse than that? Sometimes. Then at the very end? Depends on what there's state is you know how old they are that's true anyway away from the sadness away from the sadness um let's go back to let's go back to talking about hawaii and how it rocks (laughs) let's talk about how george clooney didn't seem to drive places when he was in a hurry instead he decided to run happened a couple of times he he just like 
He's like, do-do-do-do-do, run. Well, it's nice to live right down the street from some of your best friends, I guess. It's true. I don't want to give too much. It's hard to talk about this movie without giving stuff away. Uh-huh. But suffice it to say that, um, you know, Clooney's wife is in a coma. He has two daughters that, as he himself says, he's been the backup parent for. True. So he's, you know, kind of trying to figure out how now to be their primary caretaker. And then he finds out something about his wife. Something not so flattering about her. Yes. Justin. Yes. Having seen it, if you if I were in a medicated coma and then you found out something like that about me, what would your reaction be? I would be... Are you fishing? What am I supposed to say? No, I'm just curious. Um... Yes, I'm fishing on the podcast. Go. I would probably be as upset as he is in the movie. Would you run to your neighbor friend's house? Um, if I lived that close, yes. <laughs> no need to waste the gas. And you're like, neighbor friend. It's a beautiful uh, run. Who is the guy? <laughs> Tell me what's going on. Yeah. I, I would I'd be like, I want answers. Damn it. That's pretty hardcore to find out something like that when the other person is completely incapacitated. I know. Well, it's a double whammy. It's like he's already sad and then now he's... Mad. Hurt, betrayed, mad. All these different emotions. And I think Clooney plays them all pretty well. And so does the eldest daughter, Alex. This actress, Shalene... What's her name? Shalene something. Um, Shailene Woodley. Never seen her in something, but she does great. Her name sounds familiar to me. Um, she reminds me very much of a friend I went to um, both high school and college with, as far as her acting style. Oh. Okay. Well, that comparison does mean nothing. Because <laughs> I don't know this person. Yeah, you do. It's Jessica Ansalmo. Well, I've never seen her in act in anything, so... You saw her in the vagina monologues. Oh. <laughs> this was very similar to that. This reminded me <laughs> of her vagina monologue, which, <laughs> second, second to yours, I thought was the best vagina monologue. Thanks. I appreciate that. Wait, did she have the really, like... She was one about ra- being in the car. Okay. It wasn't the one where, like, the rapey vagina no, monologue. No, the rapey one was neither of us. Okay. I was the British one, and she was the one in the car. I knew what yours was. I just couldn't remember what hers was. No. It's been a few years since we talked about that. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's one of my favorite plays, those vagina monologues. Nice. I'm so glad for you. I've always wanted a vagina so I could be. <laughs> so you could have a monologue about it? Yes. Well, we'll write you one. So, Are, are, there, are there penis monologues? I think there's like something loosely based on that. I don't know if it's like the penis pads. I know we saw that one thing <laughs> at UCB a couple years ago where they had the, all the people with the... Remember they had their t-shirts and they had numbers on their t-shirts. And right at the start we're like, what the... What What do the numbers mean? What are the numbers? What do they mean? For like Robert Langdon in the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. What does it all mean? Right. And it ended up was their number of their sexual partners. Yeah. And there was one girl that had like 60 some. I know. Some of them had really high numbers and some of them had really low numbers. And and so once you found that out, you're like, she doesn't deserve that I have a number. What a number sluts. Not cool. Okay, so back to the descendants. Yes. So there's this whole, you know... So I w- let's just cut to the chase. I want to know why you loved 
this movie so much more over young adult. It held my attention. Um, wow, and it was much longer. Yeah. It's not about the length of the movie for me. So it's not about the length. It's about the motion in the motion. <laughs> it huh? is. I was just going to say it's about the flow. Okay. Um, it, it truly is. Um, not that young adult dragged. It it didn't, but it just like kind of it was like, same thing, different day. Same, like, Charlie Theron would... Um, you know, be surly with the hotel person. And then, you know, it's obvious that she doesn't have her shit together. Uh-huh. And then, like, next day she's at, like, a Macy's-like location, and she's basically the same person. Then she, you know, it's the same, like you mentioned, she goes to bed, wakes up in the same position, and gets to her diet. It was very, in certain aspects, repetitive. Okay. And that's okay, but, like, I feel like the Descendants... It, there was so much going on that I wanted to pay attention to find out how it was going to end up. To you, huh? It was it, because not only did you have the whole plot going, you had you had the plot going on about George Clooney and his wife and the accident, and then him finding out something not flattering about her. You had the secondary plot of the kids and Alex coming back from boarding school and what she's all about, her relationship with her mom and her dad, and this guy who she's met who is tagging along for the entire movie, oh, Sid. Sid. And then you have the um, third thing about whether or not George Clooney is going to sell the land that his family has inherited now for a few hundred years. And if they do, they stand to make a sizable profit. But, you know, do they really want to sell? You know, and and just kind of how it all... And then they're stalking a guy, which I don't want to give away. But it all is so not correlated and yet it meshes together very very well okay i really appreciated that i agree with that i'm not the movie geek so i don't explain it as well as you but that's what i'm thinking i don't even think i explained it that well but okay (laughs) Um, and yeah the acting was great the writing was great well yeah besides i mean acting wise besides uh george clooney um shalene is it shalene shalene i think shalene woodley great job um uh, there's a role played by uh, Judy Greer, who is one of the actresses. Everything I see her in, I'm just like, she's adorable. She's very cute. And um, usually, I mean, I think I usually see her more in comedic roles, but this one, she's got a really dramatic scene where you're like, okay, she's going to go there. Oh my God, she's doing this. And you're like, Wow. Great job, adorable Judy Greer. I don't think I've seen her be dramatic since What Women Want, when she was suicidal. What Women Want? Oh, that's the Mel Gibson movie. Yeah. There was a dramatic scene in that? She was suicidal. Mel Gibson saves her from killing herself. I only saw that once. Or at least he thinks he does. I only saw that once. Oh. Anyway, Judy Greer, great. Yeah, she's a cool girl. And definitely, like, I was just surprised at what her character, some of the things that she does in the movie like that that the whole scene where she actually does Locked go dramatic in. i'm like whoa like where did she come from and why is she there yeah yeah i remember when the door opened and you saw that it was judy greer it was like what exactly yeah and and Clooney was great in that too because like you see him sit back and the wheels are turning and he's kind of letting it go down and then eventually he's like okay and we're done your moment is over also, um, surprisingly good in from a from an actor that you really don't see do much dramatic work is uh, Matthew Lillard. I don't know if I've ever seen him do dramatic work. 
He's got the chops. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying that, but like... But you were like, Matthew Lillard got old. He did get old. I was like, yeah, it's been like 15 years since Scream. It was surprising to me how old. But like, it was funny because like, he goes from jovial, gum-faced good guy, and then all of a sudden, like, in a flash, you see a mixture of hatred and panic register all over his face. I couldn't... Uh, putting myself in his shoes, I couldn't imagine what I would... Yeah, now, would, now go that route. Now you're not George Cleeton. What would you do if you're Matthew Lillard and t- those two showed up on your doorstep? I would pretty much plead like he does in this movie. Like, plead. Yeah. Like, he was just like, please, please, please. Don't screw up my whole life. Don't Clooney. screw up my whole life, George Clooney. Yeah. Don't. I know you could, but please don't. And then at one point, though, he gets a little surly and George has to remind him. He's like, um, excuse me, I could screw up your whole life. How about you try again with your answer to my question? Hmm. We're being so vague. Yeah, well, like I well, said. we don't want to ruin it. This is a yeah. more twisty type. You really want to, um. You want to know what happens. I mean, it comes from, it's, it's based on a book. So in that way, it's very, like. The best movies are based on books. Young adult. It's not based on a book, but it's about a person that writes books. Yeah. Ghost writes books. Well, no, because she gets credit, but, you know. <laughs> that great scene when she did the bookstore. That was a phenomenal scene. Anyway. What was your favorite scene in The Descendants? Um, oh, man. It'd probably be a tie between when um, George Clooney and all of them set off to Kauai to confront this person yes. <laughs> at the house. That was pretty That good. whole thing tied with the whole Judy Greer dramatic scene thing. I'm going to also throw in when they meet Sid for the first time. I love Sid. Who's this kid? Sid is awesome. This kid's not... He's... I don't think he's on there. He should be. I don't even know his name. But he was so believable in his part as this, like, bumbling kind of surfer idiot, but with a really sweet heart. I know. At at first, you're like, this kid is just a... He's an idiot. An an idiot. But then he has that scene where uh, George Clooney's character wakes him up in the middle of the night and kind of, like, has a man-to-man, like, what would you do? Yeah. And Sid's like, he gives him a real answer. He's like, okay, this kid's... Not as stupid as I thought. He's not not only stupid, but he's got his own story going on that makes you think, like, okay, this is why he does things he does. Mm-hmm. This is why he's um, a warm source of uh, contentment, comfort. comfort to the Shireen Woodley character. So. Yeah. And he gets punched in the face by Robert Forster. <laughs> Who I love as well. Which is shortly after he starts talking about retards. I'm not saying it. He's quoting him. <laughs> and then he's like, don't use the word retard in derogatory fashion, man. My brother's a retard. And at first you're like, that's funny in and of itself. That he's like, don't use it that way. And and that's what my brother is. And then like a minute later he's like, I don't have a brother who's a retard. I'm just kidding. I don't have a brother who's a retard. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, But, yeah, both good, solid movies. Both, I think, have, you know, within them a couple of really solid performances. I agree. Both good writing, good direction. I think The Descendants will do better at awards season. (sighs) 
of the two. I think it's the most obvious, definitely. That's true. Um, God, man. But yeah, to send this space, we want to go to Hawaii, man. I gotta admit, I wasn't a big fan of The Little Sister. The Little Sister? Yeah. Which wasn't terrible, but they could have done better in casting. Who would you have casted? Well, no. I, I don't know. I, actually, I don't. That's a hard age, man, to cast. I mean, she's not that age anymore, but when she was, I think Abigail Breslin would have been cool in that role. Elle Fanning. No. No? No. She's a little too worldly. Hmm. Because this, the younger daughter had to have a certain amount of naivete for when they break the news about what's happening, you know, to the mom. Like, Elle Fanning would have known. <laughs> if that makes any sense. You could have seen it in her face. Like, she would have known. I think one of the hardest jobs is to be a casting director for young parts like that. Because, um, not only is it difficult sifting and finding those, you also have to deal with the, uh, stage moms and stage dads. Of course. (sighs) It makes me think of, um, Bruno, when they're like, so... And that was real. Yeah. Are you willing to let her eat glass? Yes, she's great. She loves glass. (laughs) She loves it. Oh, man. Amazing. So, so wait. So, what would you give to Descendants? A minus. Yeah. Okay. If I gave Young Adult B plus, probably like a B. Like I said, both really good. All right. And I would watch them both again. Yay! We'll have to watch them again when I'm less tired. We'll have to watch them again when we also watch the thousands of other screeners that have... I know. We're drowning. swimming in like Scrooge McDuck. Well, uh, we have Hugo coming up. Oh, man, we got so many. And Tintin. Our plans are to hopefully see... Um, I'm really excited about seeing Mission Impossible uh, 4 this weekend in IMAX because only in the IMAX theaters for, I think, just one week, they're playing um, like six minutes of the new Batman movie. Is that really why you want to go see Mission Impossible so badly? No, I want to see Mission Impossible. Oh, okay. But that's like... I've only seen one of the movies. That's like a dozen cherries on top of the Mission Impossible Sunday. Oh, okay. Watching this uh, Batman thing. Well, you're going to have to give me background because I've only seen one of the movies. One of what movies? Mission Impossible movies. Which one? The it's either the second or the third. Does that mean we have to watch them all that you haven't seen before we watch this one? Um, I don't think there's time for that this week. But <laughs> you know what? I don't think you have to because it's. I mean, Mission Impossible. You pretty much get the drift. It's sort of like James Bond. Like, right? Tom Cruise is awesome. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of James <laughs> Bond. Then maybe I haven't seen any. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of James Bond. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't know. I think you'll enjoy it either way. Cool. And it'd be an IMAX. You'd be like, whoa, Tom Cruise huge. Tom Cruise is in my face. He's in my face. He's in my face. Got my face, Tom Cruise. I know he's only five foot tall, but it looks like he's 20 foot tall. Do you think he hired the um, Indian people? The what? Indian people. Do I think he hired the Indian people? I thought you said (laughs) ironed ironed the Indian people. I was like, I "I hope not. (laughs) Like, use them as ironing boards for his 
He doesn't do his own ironing. <laughs> no, do you think he hired them? What are you talking about? Seriously? You don't know what I'm talking about? Hired them for what? <laughs> I guess it's funny if you don't know the context. You're being very... <laughs> do you think Tom Cruise hired the Indian people? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I assumed you would know automatically what I'm talking about because it was in the news last week. Well, a bunch of Indian people said that he or like was it not, like a photo opportunity of some kind. Yeah, not that he, but um, an affiliated production company uh-huh. paid them like ten rupees or whatever it is. Ten rupees? <laughs> Do you know how much ten rupees can buy? Actually, I think isn't it the Russian currency? I don't know. Whatever's the Indian <laughs> one. And they said, show up at this airport for an international film star and cheer really, really, really loudly. What's wrong with that? And then they were like, wow, wow, when Tom Cruise came off the plane. Is that how they scream? Super enthusiastic. Well, if they're getting paid in rupees, (laughs) what are they supposed to say? Well, it's equivalent of like $3 a day. When does the ironing come in? (laughs) Were they all ironing in the background? Is this a big controversy? It doesn't sound like that big of a controversy to me. No, because they everybody denied it. Tom Cruise's camp denied it. Mission Impossible's camp denied it. Everybody was like, we would never hire anybody. Tom Cruise is a huge star, and he attracts uh, amazingly happy crowds wherever he goes. And they talked to somebody in the crowd that like, we do not even know who he is. We were told to come here, and we were told that we should clap, and we will get three rupees. <laughs> We heard that I. We heard that other Tom goes needed some ironing done. We would. We 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 happy to do the ironing for free. <laughs> the, that's the stupidest controversy I've ever heard. Like if I was a Tom Cruise's publicist, I'd be like, no comment. Also, this is stupid. Uh, I wonder if they like I said like I've said many times on this podcast. I love Tom Cruise. <laughs> Crazy Tom Cruise, non-crazy Tom Cruise. Uh, I love him. Hence my question of, do you, re- do you really think Tom Cruise hired the Indians? Him directly? No. <laughs> Tom Cruise doesn't have time to hire people to iron in the background of his promotional opportunities. <laughs> his people, whatever. I mean, if, if he shows up and there's nobody in the background, it's going to seem pretty weird. Woo! Woo! <laughs> there's one wooer in the background. Ten rupees for you! <laughs> Awesome. Uh, okay. I'll so, stand in Tom Cruise's crowd. So <laughs> we, we can speak more about this uh, controversy next week when we talk about Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible 4 and the new Batman movie. The, is it, are we going to our second movie going to be the six-minute Bat- Batman trailer? Yes. That's our double feature. Well, we don't have enough time, guys. That's true. We don't. We got to get ready for... We got to get on a plane, y'all. We got Christmas to... Do you think people will be cheering for us at the airport? They damn well better be. <laughs> or they won't get any rupees. <laughs> if I see a bunch of Indian people when we get off the plane, and we're on the escalator, I'll be like, Justin, did you hire Indians for this? <laughs> what if we get to North Carolina, and we walk up the gate, and there's like a bunch of people ironing right there? <laughs> You're still on ironing. It's important. <laughs> Said the boy who never irons anything ever. <sighs> there's never enough time for ironing. I know there's not enough time for anything like sleep. That's why I do it during movies. Okay. On okay. that note, 
I'm going to go to sleep now. Me too. While we're sleeping, you could Twitter at Justin. Twitter at Justin? At Justin Winters. <laughs> I'm laughing. Or <laughs> at me, at Chris Winters, and ask me if I'm on something. For the record, I'm not. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We, um, although we haven't always thanked everyone for listening to this stupid podcast, um, it makes it easier to go on knowing that we have you know five listeners out there it's true we have a couple listeners in far off countries which is really cool that is really cool and honestly it makes me feel guilty when we're really tired or like really busy and we're like, stupid when are we or boring or to like you know oh, and when are we gonna have time to watch the movies and record the podcast i'm like i don't know and then i think about it and i'm like i'm doing this for steve steve who lives in bangladesh Exactly. I'm doing it for him. Because if I ever go to Bangladesh, he's going to be cheering for me at the airport. We just lost Steve (laughs) with that bad joke. (laughs) Sorry, Steve. (laughs) Mad ups to everyone around the world, guys. Um, It's true. In the new year, we'll try to come back with some uh, more interesting convo yes we, we need to get some more special guests we do steve from bangladesh we need, <laughs> we need to figure out this skype business yeah if anybody from a foreign country or continent wants to ever guest on the show we'll figure it out oh maybe my God. It could be like a live call-in thing that would be awesome that would be pretty awesome too bad we're like technologically deficient <laughs> no we could work that out that's not hard i don't know guys it sounds hard Gray does it on the Popcorn Mafia, another podcast we will be guesting on next week. Um, I think we're post dating that, but okay. Well, we're recording Christmas. Next week. Christmas. We'll be on there for Christmas. But yeah. Anyway, point is, we love all you, Stephen Bangladesh included, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Yay!